Welcome to another episode of The Flip Side. Today we are talking about the flip side of D1 athletics. And I'm here with my friend Tristan, who is a committed D1 volleyball player. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey everyone, my name is Tristan Woodfield. Um, I'm 17, I'm from Virginia Beach, and I'm committed to play D1 volleyball at Princeton University. That's pretty incredible. Um, so tell me, what's your relationship like with sports? Um, honestly, it's kind of become my whole life. I love playing sports. Um, I'm either practicing or watching film three or four hours a day. It's, it's just, it really consumes my entire personality, and I love that. That's great. So for you, you'd say it's more of a lifestyle. Um, do you think your family has really driven this for you? Yeah, um, my parents are always super competitive. They put us in basketball leagues when we were in kindergarten, and I've kind of been playing ever since. And then I started adopting volleyball um, around sixth grade or so, and it's just kind of it's just gone from there. So, what really made you make the switch between basketball and volleyball? So this happened during COVID. Um, I had just transferred schools um, due to in-person education being a value of my family. So we went to a private school that was offering in-person education, but that also meant I had to switch basketball and volleyball teams. Um, so I made the switch to the basketball team and I wasn't really feeling it. So I asked my mom if I could try out for volleyball, um, like travel volleyball. And she said, yeah, I could do that. And so I did that for the first season and I loved it. And I was getting interest from colleges and then basketball wasn't really going well. I wasn't vibing with the team very much. Um, we were, the, the private school team or um, the club? Oh, the private school team. Okay. I stopped doing club uh, because of COVID. Okay. Yeah, so I wasn't really feeling it. Um, we were winning, but I wasn't having fun. And I was getting recruited to play volleyball, so I figured I'd just put more effort into that. And that's kind of when I started treating it like my main sport. That's awesome, actually. Um, you know, you saw a problem, you fixed it, and you changed your sport. Now, look at all the offers you've received. <laughs> um, so why don't you talk about, I guess, the experience playing volleyball and like what achievements you've um, achieved and all of that. Yeah, so I'm still kind of amazed by what has been given to me in such a short period of time. Um, I started playing my sophomore year. Um, by the end of that season, I had about six D1 offers. Um, my club team was not very good, um, so we didn't win much there. But I was playing well. Um, so I, yeah, I got about six D1 offers. Um, I ended up committing to Princeton. And then this past year, I was given the opportunity to play on the U.S. national team. Um, the U19 age group national team um, and we went to Guatemala and we won gold in the Pan Am Cup um, I say that's the biggest experience biggest success by far of my career was going to Guatemala with that group of people and coming back um, with a perfect 6-0 and record Wow, that's incredible um, How would you say your experience was traveling with the team and all that? Because I know you're, you're out of school for like a good month Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was honestly the most fun I've ever had um, Missing school was a big part of that. I was, it was like a little vacation before California summer even started. <laughs> California yeah. time difference. Yeah, living in California. I did have to get up at 5 a.m. to make some Zoom classes, which wasn't fun. I wasn't on them. I yes. <laughs> but besides that, I really, I really had just such an amazing time. And I met all of my best friends. And I still keep in contact with most of the guys today because um, every year we'll be selected again for different national teams. Oh, really? Teams. Okay. Yeah. So, so how it kind of works with USA Volleyball is they do two-year age group cycles. So mm -hmm. this year was my first year of U19, and then this coming up summer I'll play my second year of U19 if I'm selected again. Okay, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and then the two years after that are U21, and then once U21 is done, I kind of graduate and start playing with the big boys and get um, in the conversation of Olympic teams and, okay. and stuff oh, like that. Okay, I see. That, that's, that's really cool. So, um... 
let's let's get more into like the nitty gritty of volleyball here. Do you play sports because you feel like because um of your height? Because um I'd like to tell the viewers he's six seven. <laughs> um, I don't think no. I started playing sports because my parents told me to, and then I loved it. Okay. Um, actually, I wasn't the tallest person at my school when I was younger when I started playing um basketball. Um, but yeah, the height kind of shot up. And then I'm like, oh, it helps a lot, obviously. Clearly. Um, so I kind of combined my love for it with the fact that it was easy because of how tall I was. And that's why I, I still play it. It's, it's not just because I'm tall. It really is because I love it. That's that's really cool, actually. So I know you play a lot of competitive um, club volleyball. And then you played for um, the U.S. Um, under-19 team. And then, so, and then you played for a private school. So what is the difference like in those two environments being part of a team? Um, I love my high school volleyball team, but it is night and day, the difference. Um, yeah, with U19, that's the top level I've played. That's selecting the 12 best players from club volleyball um, to go play on this roster. And then club volleyball is, is the second highest. Um, I, in my team this year, there's five D1 commits. So that's a we're a pretty good club team. I think we're, we're ninth in the nation right now. Um, and then I go to school volleyball where, um, you know, I'm lucky if I have a club volleyball player on my team. Yeah. So okay, it's a, enough. it's a massive drop off. Um, I play out of position for school volleyball because out of necessity. What does that mean? Um, so I'm a middle, um, with U19 and for club mm-hmm. and for high school, I'll play outside hitter, which requires me to pass the ball, which I don't have to do in, in the, in the club in, in us game. Um, so I had to learn how to pass. I had to learn how to hit from a different position, play defense from a different position, um, just because it, it is beneficial for my team, which is, which I would not, to put it into perspective, I was probably the best outside hitter in our high school league. Yeah. And I don't think I would start on my club team at outside hitter. Fair enough. So that must have been like a little like humbling to have to like change your position based on like the environment you're in. Because obviously when you're in high school, you're, you're playing for the betterment of the team, right? We want to win. We you want to do the best. And if you're the only one who's capable of playing that position mm-hmm. at that level, then you got to play that level and let some of the other kids, you know, do what they can at the net. Or is that kind of the thought process yeah. behind this? I describe it as learning a new position, learning the game all over again. Yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely humbling when you're not immediately the best yeah. at something anymore. Um, but I think it's a good experience and I'm happy that I, I did it because it taught me, you know, keep working, work harder because not everything was given to me when I had to switch to, to the new position. Clearly. I mean, and same, and I think that's happened to you before because like not really everything was given to you when you transferred from basketball to volleyball. Because mm. I, I would I would feel like basketball would be something that would, you know, people would expect you to play. And, you know, you're playing volleyball. Yeah. Um, in my family, it was never a thought that I would play volleyball. It was always basketball, basketball, basketball. Um, I think that comes from the culture. Um, being that I'm African-American, it's a pretty typical path to follow. You either go into football or you go into basketball. Yep. Volleyball is the girls' sport. that You don't mess with that. Um, so that's what I did for the till my sophomore year. I was strictly strictly basketball, um, and then I decided to try something new. And I think switching to the private school helped, um, just because there was a little bit less judgment there. Yeah. Whereas I feel like at public school, volleyball was still seen as as the girl sport or the gay sport or like yeah. the sport that you know we don't we don't really play that sport around here. Um, 
which is just not true. It's it's a great fun sport when guys play it. It's amazing. But there's definitely a level of stigmatism behind playing volleyball as an African American. The sport is is I would say 95% Caucasian. Yeah, when you were also half white. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's another part of it. Um, except for this is this is another interesting interesting kind of idea. Being half white is usually pretty much ignored when it comes oh, to athletics. Okay. They see me. They see that I'm not fully white, and they kind of immediately group me into the the category of African American. I see. Okay. Yeah. Was that was? Did you see notice that through your um college shorts? I'm not sure if you're allowed to, because you had a lot of official college visits. I'm yes. not sure you're allowed to mention which ones are which. But if you are, could you um maybe talk about if you've had that experience through these visits? Yeah. So I, when every single visit I went on, there was exactly one other black person on it. Okay. Um, I don't think there's many D1 teams in the country that have more than one African American player on the court at any one time, which is for volleyball. For volleyball, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, it was never brought up directly on any of my visits, except for at Princeton. It was always just kind of skated around the fact, um, sometimes I was given the only black player as my host, um, situations like that. (laughs) Nice. Um, until I got to Princeton where we had an open conversation about, um, you know, the team's position on racial issues and the work they've done towards diversity and, I had a great conversation with the head coach where he walked me through the different programs they've helped run, the different um, events, rallies that they've gone to as a team to support racial issues um, and kind of the emphasis they put on equality. Um, It was just something that I had never seen before. It was an issue that was skirted around at um, the other five um, official visits that I went on that when I got to Princeton, they made a point of emphasis and they wanted to let me know that that I was welcome here, I was uh, that I feel comfortable, and that they were very active with social issues. I mean, that's awesome. And that's honestly, like, the whole reason we're making this podcast, right? To, to talk about how there are going to be some racial issues, you know, depending on who you are, what sport you're playing, and, you know, being a D1 athlete. Um, did that um, help you make your choice to decide on Princeton versus some of the other schools? I think it definitely played a factor, just knowing that wherever I'm going, um, it's a safe space for me. While it may not become a problem at the other schools I went to, I knew for a fact it wouldn't be a problem at Princeton. I didn't have to play that guessing game of, of if something really went down, would I would these guys have my back? Because I knew that they would at Princeton. It, that's awesome. So, I mean, I think this kind of goes into my next question. So, as a person, you know, a mixed person, do you feel like there's different expecting expectations of you in athletics, not just at Princeton, but just in general? I would say... A little bit. Um, there's definitely the black side of things where they expect you to be extremely athletic and and play these sports, kind of be a high flyer, jump really high, hit really hard. Um, again, I think that the the different part about being mixed is that people tend to view you with a different lens at different times. Um, when I'm playing the sport, usually I'm, I don't want to say this. Hmm. 
Can we circle back to this one? We, we can I'm circle back to yet. this one. Yeah, okay. of course. So yeah, so it's it's basically like a, a middle ground conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fine. We can circle back to that one. So um, <laughs> do you think the NCAA helps the issue or hurts the issue between having um mixed people in athletics? Um, I'd say they're fairly neutral. Um, they don't do much in terms of outreach. Um, I don't think they do anything to detract from it. I think being a mixed person, you are usually kind of ignored. Um, being that you're not a, you're not fully a minority where you're getting all this special attention and um, especially around the events of um, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, yeah. that whole movement, where you're kind of, if you want to be lumped into the African-American category, you can, and then you receive all this extra help and attention but if you really want to stay true to both sides of the issue you're kind of kind of forgotten in the middle because you're not the white person that they're viewing as the perpetrator but you're not the black person they're viewing as the victim you're kind of somewhere in the middle um where quite honestly you can get forgotten sometimes yeah and i'm I'm sure that's incredibly um difficult especially as someone who's been in the public eye in terms of um volleyball you know you know olympics on the track in, in, in college athletics, so, yeah, and so what would you say your future goals and aspirations are through volleyball to, like, I guess, you know, combat these issues on the more and more public eye and, you know? Definitely um, continuing to do things through the USA Olympic pipeline. Just the bigger stage that I can reach, the more people that are going to see me and the bigger voice that I can have. Um, obviously, graduating Princeton is the first step, um, but after that, I'd love to play professionally over in Europe or or Asia somewhere I'd love to make an Olympic roster and just kind of be an example for younger players players like myself now to see that these that there are mixed people in in volleyball there are African Americans in volleyball and it is something that you can live up to one day look up to one day well that's amazing I'm glad you have these goals and honestly I'm glad we talked about it today is is there anything else you want to add before we you know sign off um, this is, this is not volleyball specific advice. It's just advice in general. Inspirational. Yes. And inspirational advice. Um, I'd say if you're ever given an opportunity to do something, um, that you just say yes to it. Um, as long as the opportunity is legal and you feel morally <laughs> good about it, um, saying, saying yes to opportunities you're given can open doors that you never thought possible. Um, I said yes to joining to joining the volleyball team. I've said yes to different engagements and opportunities and they've truly opened so many doors to me and expanded my uh, athletic and professional network of contacts and just saying yes to either advice given to you or a hard thing you might not want to do, but it it might benefit you in the end. Um, And you would never know that if you said no and didn't um, follow the advice that someone gave you. Well, that's amazing. We're looking forward to seeing you play volleyball at Princeton. And that's all I have for you guys. Catch you on the flip side.